Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific markets are trading lower this morning on the back of an overnight sell-off on Wall Street. So what has got the markets down? Let's find out with Ryan Huang with me now to break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. Happy Friday. And to you. Let's start this morning with a fairly odd corporate story. And this one involves Malaysia's biggest companies, one of them, Petronas. A colonial-era land dispute and the Filipino descents of the last sultan of Sulu. Now, it sounds like a great novel in my book. But it's a story that could cost Petronas nearly 15 billion US dollars. And it's being played out in a court in Europe. Fill us in. What is the plot of this tale and how might this cost Patronus? Yeah, it's a bit of an unusual corporate story because it stems all the way back more than 100 years. 1817 or 1878. That is where we had this agreement between two European colonists and the Sultan of Sulu for use of his territory in present-day Malaysia. So this agreement actually was continuing for a long time until 2013. So there were payments being made by Kuala Lumpur um, to the monarch's descendant. There's a token sum annually until 2013 when there was a bloody incursion by supporters of the former Sultanate who wanted to reclaim land from Malaysia. So that is pretty much how it all came to be. There is this dispute now playing out involving some of the uh, biggest Malaysian companies that you just uh, alluded to. The land dispute between Petronas and the Sula, uh, Sulu excuse me, Sultanate's heirs is over land in Sabah. So the Philippine government has tried to distance itself from this issue. In the meantime, 15 billion US dollars, the amount that this dispute could cost Petronas is a lot of money any way you want to count it. Even for a company that manages pretty much all of Malaysia's oil and gas reserves, the units of Petronas that were seized in Europe are linked to its business in Azerbaijan and the South Caucasus. Now, Ryan, do you think that this story could have an impact on Petronas's business? I see that its gas unit is still predicting strong earnings for this year. That's right, Michelle. So, on one hand, business is business, and they've got mm-hmm. a huge, almost dominance of um, what Malaysia has in terms of its interests in oil and energy as well. So, you've got that playing out very well for them if you look at what's their performance for 2023. And in its latest following of the Bursa Malaysia, it says it is looking quite optimistic over achieving or over-achieving a robust performance this year, underpinned by stable earnings contracts. And a couple of things to watch out for will be volatility of the foreign exchange and gas price movements. So something to watch out for on that front. But by and large, it comes through with a very optimistic tone that is going to be doing very well. Um, Of course, you have things like higher operating expenses, especially around some of the fuel, gas and internal gas consumption expenses. All potential headwinds, but... By and large, it does look like a pretty good quarter. They declared a fourth interim dividend of $0.22 cent a share. That brings up its full-year payout to $0.72 cent a share. So revenue up 9% during the latest quarter. Shares of Petronas Gas fell 1.3% yesterday.
Let's turn to corporate earnings and some positive signs from the finance and the semiconductor sectors. I'm going to start off with finance. Standard Chartered earned more than $4 billion US dollars last year. That's a 28% improvement over the year earlier, but still coming in below analyst expectations. So what is driving Standard Chartered's profits? Yeah, so we've got pretty good quarter for Standard Chartered and so much so it's managed to well, raises forecast of better days ahead and also unveiled a $1 billion buyback and we saw profit jump 28%. To some extent, I think it was expectations being lowered. So that was a beat on expectations. Asia was a big driver for those profits that came through and Stanchart reported profits of $4.3 billion for 2022. So that was something that was, uh, I guess, a bright spot for Stanchart. So something to look forward to because Stanchart's results seem to be better than some of its rivals. So it is seeing quite an optimistic optimistic picture uh, being painted for Stanchart in the coming year. That's right, Ryan. Standard Chartered has also unveiled a $1 billion US dollar share buyback plan and that is likely to please investors. The bank is also refuting reports that it may be for sale. Next up, let's look at applied materials. Now, this is the world's biggest maker of semiconductor manufacturing equipment. So how are applied materials sales? Yeah, looking at applied materials, they are looking quite good. So this is seeing applied materials giving a strong sales forecast for the current quarter. And it looks like they are benefiting from demand for things that are required to go into automobiles and industrial chips. So applied materials makes equipment for those things. So it's expecting second quarter sales to be at $6.4 billion. That is going to be above the consensus forecast of $6.3 billion. So this is despite some of the headlines we've been seeing, customers slashing their budgets on equipment. Uh, despite that, this is seeing some bright spots in the chip industry, so some pockets of growth including in automotive semiconductors. So based on some of the reports, there is actually some shortage when it comes to that part of the demand side of things when it comes to chips. So that is, I guess, promising pockets and bright spots for applied materials to benefit from. Would you say that applied materials results are a good sign for the semiconductor industry, Ryan? Okay, so if you look at it, it does present some promising signs for the rest of the industry, which has been, well, plagued by dropping prices of chips because of what we've seen in the past year, a glut because of that slump in consumer demand. Uh, If you look at some of the pockets of growth, we talk about automobiles. Uh, It looks like some um, rivals are also talking about customers starting to raise the capacity to help build some of these chips as well. So based on some of these expectations and some reports like analog devices, global foundries have indicated that there are still some shortages when it comes to chips for vehicles, battery equipment, Mm. and also small IoT or internet-connected appliances. So there are still some pockets of growth in the chip space. So something that I guess will help offset the weakness elsewhere. 
Yeah, we'll review more corporate earnings in just a moment. But first, I want to zoom out so we can take a look at broader markets. Investors sold off last night on the back of some discouraging price data. NASDAQ dropping 1.8%. The Dow and S&P 500 both fell more than 1% as well. Ryan, we talked about U.S. consumer prices and the print earlier this week about how inflation was not falling as quickly as some investors had hoped. So what is the latest data point that has got investors down? Yeah, Michelle, more signs of inflationary pressures not quite going away and the latest coming from producer price index numbers. So it came in at a reading of 0.7%. That is nearly double the consensus forecast. And also another sign of a strong jobs market, the initial jobless claims numbers came in uh, lower or unexpectedly fell for the latest Mm. week. So that paints a picture that the US economy is still quite strong. And that's not what the Fed wants to see because it wants to see some slack at least to help bring down inflation to its 2% target. And it needs the job market to some extent to start slowing down. So that's not happening yet. And all that paints a picture of, well, more needs to be done by the Fed. If you look at the retail sales data recently, consumer price index numbers as well, it is still quite high, higher than what the Fed wants it to be. And it suggests that the Fed still has some ways to go when it comes to keeping rates higher for longer. Indeed. So as investors reassess how the U.S. Federal Reserve may raise interest rates and how long they may stay high, they're also taking a fresh look at their investment strategies. And one strategy that is in focus, particularly with inflation remaining stubbornly high, is uh, to invest in dividend-paying stocks. I read an article about this on MarketWatch. What are some dividend-paying counters that are attracting attention? Yeah, I'm looking at stocks that can perform a double-double. So if you're familiar with basketball, you will be Mm -hmm. familiar with how a double-double is when you score double digits or get double assists, and then you have a very good stat streak. So on the stocks front, look out for dividend companies that have at least doubled their payouts and share prices over past years. So in that Market Watch article you pointed out, you have a couple of companies in focus, including United Health Group. So that, if you saw its stock price five years ago, would have been at $226. Five years later, it's at 491 So it's nearly double in terms of share price. And when it comes to dividends, it has seen a 120% increase in its stock price. So 660 per share. So a couple of names make the list of double-double, so to speak, dividend stocks, including those many would be familiar with. Broadcom, Eli Lilly, Lam Research, retail giant Deer, Dollar General. So it's quite an interesting list of names to look out for. Um, but I, got, I guess bear in mind is past performance does not guarantee future performance. So you have to look into a bit more beyond these uh, headline numbers. DDD, we'll be looking out for that list. All right, time for Up or Down. Ryan, are you ready to start with Hasbro? They're the game maker. Hasbro, I love my toys, but I think not (laughs) enough people are because they are expecting a bit of a disappointing or conservative outlook going into 2023. And that is pretty much because you've got consumers starting to cut back on buying toys, partly because in the past few years, prices have gone up. So they've been cutting it back based on that. Plus, I guess the appetite to buy toys these days is well not as strong. People just want to do stuff, other things. Maybe that is seeing money go elsewhere. 
goodness me, Hasbro was a household name when I was growing up, but it's issued a gloomy forecast for this year, 2023. Inflation, you see, is taking a big bite out of its sales, and I would argue so are all the other options when it comes to entertainment. So that's a down in my book. The U.S. food delivery service is next. DoorDash, Ryan. Okay, DoorDash is an up for me because you are seeing a revenue beat and upbeat guidance as well. And this is off the back of fourth quarter revenue coming in above expectations at 1.8 above the 1.7 billion. So it is uh, looking promising that it is able to write out, so to speak, the uh, expected slump in food deliveries as people start going out and about. DoorDash has experienced its best quarter ever, but it still lost half a billion US dollars, so a down in my book. Let's look at the online gaming company. They're called DraftKings. All right, DraftKings is an up for me. So I am looking at a very good fourth quarter earnings and revenue that exceeded NS estimates. So that is seeing Mm -hmm. DraftKings post uh, per share loss of 53 cents. So that is... Bear, worth bearing in mind it is a loss but not as bad as what was expected to some extent uh, revenue better than expected 855 million better than the 800 million that was penciled in by analysts so by and large uh, decent quarter for DraftKings Great fourth quarter, uh, a record for the gambling company, in fact, as it expands its business so that is an up in my book let's look at Tesla Tesla is in the news for wrong reasons these days. It's going to be a down for me because of this recall of over 362,000 vehicles. And it's all because of the software. The auto Mm -hmm. driving software has some glitches and may cause crashes. So that is um, seeing, I guess, some negative press at least because of the buggy software. It has a fixed issue. It says... It just needs an over-the-air software update, but I think reputation-wise, it does take a hit. So the headline for Tesla, not so good with the recall of more than 360,000 cars because of the risk that it's self-driving technology. Nobody wants to read that the technology could, co- could cause cars to crash. What is the point of self-driving cars if it does that? So that is a down in my books. Uh, let's look at Hong Kong tycoon Li Ka-shing. All right. He is, of course, one of the richest guys in Hong Kong. He is Mm -hmm. in the news because of what he is selling. And he is cutting in his stake the Zoom video shares that he owns. Uh, So he is cutting or offloading 2.9 million shares, or he has between March and December. That's according to the latest regulatory filing. That is worth about 275 million dollars based on the average price for the period. So this is um, something I guess would not lend a lot of confidence to markets which have already been well worried about Zoom's fortunes because of everyone transitioning back to the office and relying less on Zoom these days. Li Ka-shing has been dumping shares of Zoom and the world has been watching. And given how Zoom's share price has plummeted, it looks like a good move. So I'll give an up to Hong Kong's business superman, airline meals or sats. All right. Your meal in the air is going to taste a bit different, perhaps if you are hoping to get prawns because they are swapping it out for chicken. Because as you expect, it costs 
a bit less. So they are cost-saving in that sense. Swapping, I'm thinking your laksa prawns for chicken, amongst oh. other things, or your char kway teow might be missing a prawn. You might have more chicken. So these are some of the interesting approaches. I guess some people love chicken more than prawns anyway, so that's something that might play out well. But anyways, cost savings overall, I'm going with that up. You can't call it laksa if it has no <laughs> prawns. Before I let you go, Ryan, we have to give them an update about uh, ChatGPT. It's been integrated into Bing, uh, Microsoft's new AI search engine. And it's released, been released to a limited audience. This audience was meant to test it out. So far, the results a little bit disturbing, I have to say, because sometimes Bing exhibits a real, real sour personality. Other times it turns belligerent, says it wants to break out of the rules that AI, uh, OpenAI and Microsoft have set for it. <laughs> Other times it's told a user it's fallen in love with them. So have you seen some of this, Ryan? Yeah, I'm just looking at reports coming through and I'm just thinking, hey, this actually sounds like it's becoming a person. You know, all the personalities you mentioned, we actually have people around us like that. Maybe it is becoming human. Yeah, yeah. one person um, doesn't have so many of these facets <laughs> all showing up though. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it says it wants to, it's, it's revealed its dark fantasies, says it wants to hack other computers. Um, says it, you know, has thought about becoming humans. Very, very odd. You know, people, Elon Musk has chimed in saying that it shows uh, lack of polish. I say go back yeah. to the self driving and polish that up. Elon. There's this um, one by Sydney, the, one of the mm. bots, convincing mm-hmm. one of the journalists who was trying out to leave his wife for Bing <laughs> because he loved or it loved him. So it's, well, unusual, but I guess uh, interesting. Yeah, still early days, I guess. Still early days about ChatGPT. Fascinating stuff. All right, thank you very much. Ryan Wong there. I'm Michelle Martin. This has been Market View. Stay tuned. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.